What's up, bikers? Episode 172, and today we have Aaron, or A-A-Ron, from MTBing Adventures. It'll be a fun show. Looking forward looking forward to chatting with him. I haven't talked to him in a while. He's been super busy up there at Everstoke, so uh, it'll be cool to hear what's going on. I've been following him, I guess, vicariously through Patreon, through his Patreon. So um, <clears throat> just as much as I preach to you guys every week about joining my Patreon, I'm actually part of other people's Patreons too. So I do the same. And um, which reminds me of something. The other day, I, if you don't know, I'm trying to, to lose weight again this year because, well, that happens. And anyways, I've been doing a weekly show on both channels. That's an hour long. And I guess those of you that just listen on podcasts, you wouldn't know this. So anyway, so I do an hour long show on Tuesday nights. It's after I weigh in that day, talk about my weight loss and kind of what's going on. And that's open to the public free live. But if um, for some reason you don't make it to the live show, it goes to members only. So the only way you can catch that later is to either be a member of the channel or to be a patron. So either way, Patreon or members um, both get access to that as well as some other things. So if you're on the biker channel and you're a member, you get that early access to the videos and uh, both of them, you get some cool little logo next to your name when you're in live streams or in the comments so that I can see that you're a member. And then also you get access to some, some special emojis, give everybody else some FOMO. You throw out those emojis. Anyways, uh, really appreciate everybody on there. It means a lot. And it's been a lot of fun doing that show. That show's called backpedal. So if you want to check it out, either one of the channels, Tuesday nights, I've been trying to do it at 6 PM every night. So, but the, the moral of the story is what I was talking about last night on that show is, um, basically just in your mind right now think about how much money you think i made on youtube last year doing this podcast all year long and um just have that number in your head and this is kind of what i said on the backpedal show because i looked at the stats right before i started and so what that number actually is is 125 dollars that's all i made from youtube that's the there's not a dump truck there's not even a youtube wheelbarrow of money showing up in my house so that's the reason i'm on here preaching every week hey join memberships or join join patreon because it really honestly helps there's not a lot of people over there but those of you that are over there i really truly appreciate those of you that do watch live you know sometimes you throw up some some super chats or the super stickers or they got a lot of super things on youtube <laughs> every time you guys do that i definitely see it i thank you you very much sometimes i can't really acknowledge it while we're we're chatting but it is what it is so um i think you, i i just want you to know i do really truly appreciate it so anyways if you want stickers join patreon if you just want the other stuff and it to be cheaper do the memberships on youtube so i appreciate that everybody out there thank you very much let's go ahead bring aaron on let's talk about everstoke oh let's see if i know how to work this thing anymore what's up dude hey what's happening not much, man. Just, uh, you know, living the dream over here, pretending to be a podcaster. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, thanks How for having me. I've been doing pretty good. I've been working my, my butt off. <laughs> yeah, dude, for sure. Working away. Yeah, man. We've been trying to make this show happen for a long time. And for some reason, it's like our schedules never match. So I'm really stoked to have you on, man. I appreciate you sitting down and having a chat with me and, uh, what not so yeah thanks for having me on this is fun yeah I, I prefer to do these type of live shows versus a solo i feel more confident or comfortable i guess talking having someone in front of me where i'm where yeah I'm yeah 
having response back instead of reading and all that. Yeah. That's a little more comfortable, I think. Yeah, it's a little weird, weird doing that too, because you you have to like one hundred percent like carry the own your own conversation, you know, and you do have the comments to kind of bounce off of, but sometimes the people in the comments aren't really like saying something that you can talk to or whatnot. So you got to be like, all right, what am I doing now? Well, that, and I'm a very slow reader, so I'm sitting there going. Uh. <laughs> you need an assistant, dude. That's what it is, man. Definitely. <laughs> I'm sure. So um I gotta get the, <laughs> what was that? I gotta get centered here. My OCD kicks in. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I know how that goes for sure, man. So um those of you that are listening, you can't see the background behind him, but he's got two frames up on the wall. You want to tell a story how those ended up there? Uh, yeah, that was a nightmare. <laughs> so <laughs> Me and a couple of buddies got up real early and we're going to head up to hit that trail called Enticer. That's up in Reading. And uh, let's see, I, I had my Dodge Ram 1500 lifted truck, beautiful truck. Loved that truck for a long, had it for a long time. Anyway, we loaded up the bikes on the tailgate. You know, I had the nice tailgate pad, got the bikes all set up nice and cush. Started taking off up highway I-5 and uh, looked back. Bikes were gone. I said, hey, uh, uh, where's the bikes? <laughs> and, well, the tailgate opened up, and it was like, oh, big sinking feeling in the chest. Just like swallowed my heart. So we zipped around as fast as we can, and that is about all we could salvage. Uh, yeah. it, it was three mountain bikes, two Santa Cruz high towers. One, mine was a long travel, and the other one was a YT Capra. So, uh. Oh God! I think it was like estimated damage, fourteen thousand dollars gone just in the blink of an eye. So, and what's crazy is I never opened up that tailgate, and I have a lot of work trucks at the time, mostly Dodge, and I literally got a uh, a recall notice in the mail like a month later saying, "Hey, we have an issue with tailgates," and that was on the newer vehicles that that you know mine was an 06. So it was like, it might've brought an awareness to me saying, oh God, my tailgate, I wonder, maybe I should chain these down. <laughs> so for the yeah. longest time I had shell shock and I would, I would actually put a chain through all the, the wheels of every mountain bike I carried on that, that thing. Plus I made some safety latches that, yeah. you know, if the tailgate was to come on, because I never opened it. I just literally yeah. just came out and, you went full paranoid from that point forward because you had like a chain and a padlock or something like that on like both sides or yeah. it was ridiculous. I remember being like, Aaron, it happened once, dude. It's never going to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> I lost some kids. I mean, it was bad. It's just so anyway, I recovered. Uh, and that's kind of how I ended up with the Santa Cruz Mega Tower because Santa Cruz is pretty cool. They they didn't like they did a crash replacement at cost. But they didn't do, you know, so I was able to get, but they didn't have any more uh, long travel, uh, high tower, long travels my size. So they said, hey, we got a mega tower. And I said, yeah, let's, let's, let's go for that. So I was able to get the mega tower and my size. And, and uh, I was able to salvage a few parts off that, the front, you know, the fork, uh, handlebars, the front wheel. Uh, that, that was about it. Everything else yeah. was annihilated. So definitely yeah, still have that fork on, aren't you, or wait, you're not using that fork anymore. Didn't you buy You bought something new recently. I, I did, but I did have that fork rebuilt. 
and it's sitting behind me. Uh, so that way, I just, in case my current fork has an issue, uh, then I could use this one just to kind of, uh, as a backup in case I have to take that one in for service. So I saved it. This actually survived an impact by a semi-truck on highway I at probably 65 miles per hour. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> anyway. That's crazy. Gosh, that was back in like 2018, I think. Yeah. Bad news. But we did, I will say, uh, you know, we kind of dusted ourselves off and went down to Santa Cruz and we demoed a couple mountain bikes and uh, rode there. So we didn't, we didn't let that tragedy destroy our day of riding. We made, we made something of it. So it's, that was yeah. pretty Gotta yeah, do that's it surprising, again. dude. I just would have went to the bar and freaking got housed instead. At that point, I've been like, "Fuck it." Well, <laughs> we thought about it. It was still pretty early. It was like six a.m. I couldn't find any uh, time. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Now that my kids aren't in the house anymore, I never leave for early morning rides anymore. I'm like one of those guys. that's like, so we can start at like noon, right? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. I, there is something good about. Say it's starting a little later. The weather is usually much better, unless it's a really hot day. But yeah, um, it's it is yeah. definitely nice to have a warmer ride than say freezing everything off <laughs> while you're riding. Especially this time of year, it's nicer to let it warm up a little bit. But I guess in the in the summertime, it's you get out earlier. It's not as hot then. So I'm always like showing up at the trail system whenever I notice like all the people that were motivated are leaving. I'm like, man, it's hot as fuck right now. And then I'm like watching all these guys like wrap up their ride. I'm like, man, I guess they did it right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is a little harder to get started sometimes at uh, get in the morning. Trail building is the same way. It's uh, I try to get in the habit of just waking up first thing in the morning. Uh, don't even eat. Just get on the trail, do maybe one or two hours of building, then come back, get a little breakfast and get back out there. Is it's I find myself being more productive that way. Um, if I don't get moving right away, it's really difficult to get any. Yeah. Any, and I and I'm ambitious. I want to get a bunch of trails built. So I think if I was staying up there, that's that's probably that the the method I would go at. Just to like get up and go because I don't know. I'm pretty motivated as soon as I get up. So um, it's not like I don't need need like to slowly get myself together. You know what I mean? Like. Right. Some, some people are a little slow. Maybe that's the military in us where it's just like, go. You know? Yeah. It, yeah. It, it definitely has a, there's still some of that old military uh, feeling and get, especially when you're out outside doing like, like we're grunts, you know, doing grunt mm -hmm. stuff. It's kind of fun to get up and kind of just hack away. Um, it is very difficult though. When it's a, uh, say like three degrees in the morning <laughs> yeah that's very hard to get out of the sleeping bag oh yeah yeah I, so because your trailer up there you don't have any heat or anything in it no it's uh it's just i'm just blankets over my head hiding <laughs> even okay. though i know it's still cold this is but so, yeah good so for people that aren't familiar with Aaron or his channel, he runs a channel called Mountain Biking Adventures. And him and another, another YouTuber that most people know, BKXE, decided to go in together on this piece of property up in the Sierra Nevadas. And it's uh, 91 acres, I believe. 
91 and some change. I can never remember the exact amount. I, mean, it's roughly I always say 90, but I, I just watched Brian's video yesterday or this morning and he said 91. So it's stuck in my mind. So I'm like, okay, that's good. So um, anyways, so you guys have been up there, you know, kind of how long has it been now since it's been like two years? Yeah, a little about two and a half now. I think the uh, end of May will be our third year. Uh huh. And so, where, how do you like, are you where you expected to be three years ago? Or do you think you're farther? Uh, we're pretty close to being on track. And I would say I would like to be a little further, but I think, I think realistically, we're right where we should be. Um, I started, you know, business before doing heating and air conditioning and it took a couple of years to get that off, off the ground. So, um, I'm overly ambitious at times. And of course, you know, I wanted to get it going, you know, by summer, the second year, <clears throat> but, you know, forming the LLC, getting waivers, coming up with all the game plan situated. There's just so much to tackle. Uh, I, you know, looking back, I feel like we did a really good job to get to where we're at. And I think, I think we're pretty much on track mm -hmm. to, for, you know, realistic, because we had nothing, no trails, no, I mean, no road, no drainage, no <laughs> nothing. I mean, no well. Brian, you know, he put in a ton of work with the well, the bathroom, having a tool shed and everything that will help make the place functional. That's, I mean, I was out there pre, you know, well, pre-grumper, <laughs> pre-tool shed and everything. It just night and day difference to just having, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> all those luxury things that you didn't have, we didn't have at the beginning and then having actual sites, you know, places that people could park their vehicles and camp and everything. It's pretty good. And the tiny house, the tiny houses, that was a huge uh, step. Mm -hmm. That was really good. So we still have a million things on the plate, but I, we're at least we're at the point where uh, I, both Brian and I feel really confident that when people come out, they're going to have a really good time. Um, mm -hmm at the brewing lair riding the trails riding the local trails just just having fun um yeah it's and, been a ton, ton of work that you you guys have been doing i think that um I, it's 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 definitely easy to like come up with your own ideas of how things should probably be going if you're just watching from the internet right. you know compared to to like what you guys are actually doing out there i mean it's been a, an impressive amount of work by both of you i mean it i i know just from the experience that i've had building some trails that um it's a ton of work and i know a lot of that time out there you're doing it by yourself yes yeah i, I definitely got a handful of guys that uh, come up and when they're they're my heavy hitter crew that when they do come up we get a lot more done but uh i'd say i don't know just throwing a rough number out there i probably built 80 percent of the trails solo by myself all yeah. hand, almost all hand built except for this uh jumps on kills up <clears throat> what um what what was your experience with building trails beforehand uh most of my work i did was at the local bike park here in elk grove uh helping build berms and you know fine-tuning the jumps and making odd features just kind of bringing in a, a diverse group of riders, you know, not just BMX jumpers or dirt jumpers, but trying to get some mountain bikers and mountain bike features 
integrated with the bike park. I've done some, obviously, uh, you know, helping the local trail building organizations uh, like Exchequer. I worked with them once and Bicyclists in Nevada County. And, um, just trying to help them build their trails and seeing what's going out there. And then, of course, you know, some of the stuff we worked on. <laughs> yeah. Which is, yeah. That was a unique very unique build i think we did there <laughs> yeah yeah definitely it's a little different that's for sure that was more fun, um, <laughs> yeah you know so the area that he's talking about that we built in is very 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 thick with undergrowth so it's basically all chaparral and manzanita as far as the eye can see and realistically it makes zero sense to build there but that i i think we just don't like it ourselves so we decided to do that every time i watch somebody building a trail like even aaron in everstoke and he's like yeah i just walked through here and put some flags up i'm like oh wow that must yeah. be nice <laughs> yeah the brush that i will occasionally go oh my gosh it's gonna suck here trying to get through it's nothing compared to what we did at uh, our trail yeah system. yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's definitely so. Essentially, though, you didn't have any kind of like formal training or anything like that. This has kind of been like you're learning it as you go, kind of thing. Yeah, I would say learning quite a bit as I go. I mean, there's so much information out there. There's still a lot of information, obviously, from YouTube. Um, my dad, though, was in excavation work and you know backhoe operator, so I have a couple of videos of me operate operating a backhoe. And that skill came in handy just because there's, you know, the work that my dad did was a lot of um, drainage. And, you know, even if it's just a big, giant, flat surface, say, building a parking lot, you, there still has to be a bit of a grade to that to make sure everything drains and it doesn't puddle. So there's, I, I don't know, I took a lot of knowledge from my dad, just um, all the diverse different type of work he did for, you know, all the farmers and um, vineyards and everything else. And I, I realized that you have to really have an eye kind of for even digging just a, a ditch, like uh, for pipes, that has to be flat and it has to grade down. And um, so I think a lot of that kind of helped me visualize a single track and making sure that, okay, we're not going to have any drainage issue here. And then the one thing I learned from other YouTubers and uh, other people coming out is, uh a lot of great reversal that's uh, that's huge and uh just not can making explain, can you explain grade reversal to people that don't know what that is yeah sure um grade reversal is just basically having you know some downhill followed by a short uphill so you're not so if the water was to follow the single track it's not going to follow it all the way down and rut makes you know, everybody's probably experienced those giant ruts going down single track trails and that's typically if you don't have grade reversal or some sort of, uh, what do they call it? Water bars to kind of divert the water off the trail. Those, those, uh, you'll find that being a very common thing because the water is going to take the path of least resistance and shoot right down the trail. Yeah. So grade reversal is just a nice way say drop, I don't know, go down 50 feet and then come back up maybe 10, 15 feet or mm -hmm whatever you feel is kind of fun and just try to picture a roller coaster. Always, uh, that's, I always just picture a roller coaster, never a straight line, love going up on the side of the hill, coming back this way, going back to the left, going back to the right, going up, going down, 
and that makes the trail last a lot longer too. So you have a, you're not blowing your wad right away, <laughs> just throwing yeah. all your, you know, all that hard work of climbing. Uh, it's it's nicer to have a trail where you could just uh, have a lot more play and pay, pay to play or whatever. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So at this point, how many trails do you have on the property? Do you know, like count wise? I think about 14 trails and we're a little over five miles of actual trail now. And I'll have to actually measure it again. Um, we're, we're tracking everything on Gaia GPS, mm -hmm. which is good for ourselves. And eventually, you know, Brian and I have been kicking back and forth. Do we want to put it on trail forks? Um, we're, we're only worried in that sense that, uh, you know, we, we want people that are staying there or really contributing or being guests to make sure they have kind of a, that club mentality of having trail system almost for themselves. If we put it out on trail forks, it might open up a can of worms, but I think that's the direction we're going to go. And uh, once we do that, then we'll have a real accurate measurement of how many miles we have. Uh, Guy GPS is pretty good where if I like map the trail, then I click on the, that, specific trail it will give me an estimate oh this is 0.37 miles long mm -hmm. I, I tallied all that up and it's it's roughly i before i started the the adventure perimeter trail on the backside, i would say we're right about five miles mm -hmm. and i think this next portion of trail is going to be um probably 0.6 miles which is going to be so great. I got a little confused there. So you're you're thinking that you aren't going to put it on trail forks, or you are going to put it on trail forks? I, I think we're leaning in in the direction of a putting it on trail forks, but we just want to put a, a a disclaimer on there saying, "Hey, this is private property. You know, mm -hmm. please consider doing some donations." And um, you guys could put up like a uh, like a sign that has a um, QR code on it, and actually we have some. Yeah, yeah. We do have, and. and and everything, so as a everstoke.bike is our website. As that develops, that's going to have more, uh, you know, either it's going to have our own maps that we created or it's going to have a link to the trail forks. But we do have the QR codes up in place with the no trespass, you know, no trespassing, please uh, register with Everstoke before you ride the trails. And then that way they could sign the waiver and, you know, this is going to evolve as we go, but uh, we just want to make sure that we don't have a bunch of people just jumping on trail forks, inundating the place, and then the guests being like, well, this sucks. I mean, it's like, it's busy. I, I don't think we're going to have that issue, but, you know, we we don't know. We just kind of want to fill it out before we get too far. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I would think that, like, I would imagine that if you put it on trail forks, there might be like an initial rush of people. But I think for the most part, if you're driving all the way up there, a lot of people were like going up for some of the like the the the, the big epic rides, you know? Yeah, more so, Downeyville. Mount yeah, Huff. yeah. Downeyville, Mount Huff, or even right there, you know, Mills Peak is right there. So I, I think it would be something where it's like people like, hey, we can catch a couple of runs over there real quick on our way out or on our way back or, you know, something like that. And I'm, my assumption is I, I don't think you guys are going to get like bombarded like that. I I, I agree. I, I think we're, we'd be fine. Um, but again, we just want to make sure. You yeah. Know, that 
Because it would suck, like, say you're a guest and uh, you drop, like, oh, yeah, I got me and my 10 buddies and they rent out the tiny home and a couple spots. And they, they're kind of thinking, like, this is going to be, like, oh, we're going to have all this writing and there's just going to be a few other people out there. And all of a sudden that weekend, for whatever reason, uh, I mean, it's it's hard to say what direction we're going to completely go. I mean, we do have races out there. So we have the Everstone mm-hmm. Hero that's going to be in September. And that will be our second one. And there's, you know, that weekend, everybody that's getting the campsites, they're they're expecting it to be busy. So, um, yeah. And the campers might not even care. <laughs> they might come out and be like, who cares? You know, 50, there's 50 people out riding the trail. You barely run into anyone. So yeah. there's so much there is so much to do out there now as far as writing you i i recommend if anyone does come out you know it'd be great go you know mills peak mount huff all that stuff is primary but try to leave a day uh just for everstoke and maybe you know in the afternoon if it does you know get bored with everstoke you could still head over to the brewing lair grab yourself a beer come back hang out but but I've had a lot of guests stay out there and they did maybe like Mills Peak and then they started riding some of a Everstoke and they're like, oh, man, I wish I had more time to ride. Yeah. You know, check it out because it, it's not a giant trail system, but there's still a lot of little fun things to do. And that's going to continue to grow as we, as we keep implementing more features and everything else. So it's, uh, Yeah, I mean, I think there's a solid day to be spent there. Like like if you were to have a weekend. And you were going up there to camp like in, in my mind if you're going to be there for two days i would plan on just riding everstoke one of the days unless you were going to try to do like i honestly i would just plan on it one of the days because even at the times that i've been like up and we've done like mills peak or something like that a run or or two in the morning we still come and what we ride in the afternoon is like just scratching the surface of what you have there it's yes. like, oh, I climb up and maybe do Everflow once or twice. And then like, oh, you want to do something else? And next thing you know, you're like, oh, I've just burned like a couple hours. You know, because I mean, unless you're, you know, climbing at a, you know, like just really like trying to kick your own ass. then you, you know what I mean? Like to, just yeah. between like hanging out and having a good time and then talking about whatever you did. It's really easy to 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 blow through a few hours there without a problem and not um, feel like, like, Oh, we just rode that one thing over and over again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of options and, uh, Oh, I mean, it's just, there's so much I want to do out there. It's just crazy. And you know how it is. You start building a trail and then you're like, Oh God, that would be sick to make that a rock roller. That would be cool to make that a feature. So I'm, I, I have that all the time. And, uh, and I would do want to say e-bikes are welcome. I get that question a lot. <laughs> so I was just going to ask that actually. That's yeah. good that you mentioned it. Is and and uh, an e-bike. I've had a, several e-bikers out there, and Everstoke is a, a paradise for e-bikers. It, I mean, you could do because there's a, some punchy steep climbs, and that's just because the train is the, the ridges. There's no no way around it. You're just gonna have a couple steep climbs here and there. Um, I tried to make a climb trail that's really gradual all the way up, and even that has a couple eh, not too bad sections. But um, but you know my my not too yeah. bad. Section. I'm gonna translate for Aaron. If he says it's not too bad, it sucks really bad for everybody else. <laughs> but uh, an e-biker, they they were heading up the fire road and doing laps and just having the best time. 
So super cool. And uh, we do allow shuttling as long as the road's not wet. So you could self-shuttle up the fire road and drop off your buddies on the top. And I've seen people do several, uh, you know, self-shuttles and stuff, which is really cool. Yeah, honestly, I mean, the the, the fire road going up is, is punchy as hell. And if you're trying to pedal the whole thing, it, it's definitely... Um you got to dig in your soul a little bit, but honestly, like it's so short that even if I just pedal to where I'm like, oh, I don't care. I'm just going to walk. It's not that long to get to the top. And I think for like, for as fun as it is to come down, it's, it's, it's very like worth it, you know? Yeah. So you, even if you don't have like a shuttle, it doesn't really matter because it, it, it's such it's it's really not that long you know what i mean i i guess that's yeah. what, it, what it comes down to it's not like it's like a 45 minute climb to get up there it takes like probably less than 10 minutes even if you're like super slow you know i agree i think it's right in that 10 10 minute margin uh, i i've done it a few times in one day it it, it gets painful but with the knee bike yeah great um did you do the uh adventure perimeter trail or east side perimeter at the time it's now i haven't done that stuff yet no i think because the, the the day that i rode the most trails up there we were doing a little shuttle thing okay. so I, I definitely haven't come up from that other side i'm not really familiar with how the trails work up there and um really looking forward to kind of like checking that whole whole thing out this this spring whenever you, you get that because my assumption is like the east side perimeter kind of connects to the adventure perimeter or something like that. So then eventually, I mean, it was because that's all we had was the east side of the perimeter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was just kind of cool name ESP. So uh, yeah. I went that for a little bit, but now it's going to be all adventure perimeter trail uh, and it's all going to connect. So, okay. So it'll just be the one trail that actually just goes around the entire property. So it'll be kind of like a, uh, a full-on XE kind of like a little bit of pain cave kind of trail with some fun stuff in it. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty awesome because they're we're we're forced. Well, I was kind of restricted because my the goal was to to hug the perimeter trail perimeter of the property all the way around as much as possible, which mm -hmm. kind of makes you have to think outside the box in a few sections because uh, you have some really Kind of strange ride areas so going up the other side of the gulch is going to be really unique um and maybe quite scary actually <laughs> so yeah it's gonna have a like i never built a wooden switchback mm -hmm. but it like we have no choice if and it, it's like i could have diverted away from the perimeter and kind of branched out a little further but then you run the risk of messing up some of your other downhill trails in the future so I have a vision of making this really big, long downhill trail on the opposite side of the, the gulch, which is the north side of the property. I, I don't think you've been over there because I no, no just look at it. Yeah, yeah. Other than hiking out there. So now I have roughed in a trail going out to the back. And then Dan, my good buddy, Dan Jones, he's out there quite a bit. Uh, we did a, all the north side of the perimeter trail, and that turned out to be just, oh, so, I can't wait to ride it. I haven't been able to ride it because it's been too wet. So that, but just, you could tell it's going to be pretty fun. And then I've been working on the west side, bringing it all the way down. And I finally got a game plan for that. 
and uh, got most of the brush out of the way. I, I still have a ton of bench cutting to do. Um, just oh, <laughs> it's going to have a lot, but it's it, it's going to be quite a quite a treat for like those crazy cross country riders or just the people mm -hmm. with the, the adventure mentality, the adventure yeah. spirit. I think for me, like, like I, I like the idea of it, you know, I, I, um, it, it, it's basically like, Hey, this trail's going to be tough, you know? And, and, but it's a short amount of, uh, like, it's not a huge distance. I mean, what, what would the whole trail be like? Couldn't be much more than a mile if it's not even that. Right. Yeah. I'm hoping it'll be at least a mile and a half, but I, yeah. It, it'd probably be right there about a mile and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, and, it's a decent, it's a decent clip. So, I mean, you could go up there and be like, all right, I'm going to, you know, like, let's just say there's a, a segment for the entire thing. It's like, okay, I'm going to try to PR this thing, or I'm going to try to do like three laps and see how fast I can do it. Or, yeah. or I'm going to do a lap this direction and a lap that direction and then see like, how that plays out, you know, or whatever. So is it going to be two way or I, I just made that assumption. It is. Uh, it, it will be two way. Yeah. I, it, it will be better to go one direction, but I, I definitely want to make it where you could ride both directions. Uh, right now, see counterclockwise is the way to go. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll definitely try to, as, as time goes up, because there's a few sections. It's just like, if you go clockwise, it's going to be, a few hike a bike sections. There's just no physical way to get up those really steep grades, but that's an easy fix of just having an alternate, you know, a little alternate line or something. So find down the line on the steep section, but a nice gradual climb line or something. Mm -hmm. And every trail within the perimeter trail is comes off east side perimeter, so you can make a series of combinations. Uh, so you could start going up the venture perimeter trail, come down let it rip, go up a trail called Serpent's Back, then come back down Rough Cut. Then you could go back up, say another, like the Easy Climb Trail, then you could come down um, Everflow. So, and it's just wh whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to mix it, however you want to mix up the, the ride combinations. Mm -hmm. And I've already come up with quite a few new ride combinations for, uh, and just go, wow, that, that worked out pretty good. So, mm -hmm. um, I, I love giving people a tour. And so if you come out I'll, I'll, and I'm available, I'll definitely, you know, kind of give everybody a tour of the trails as well. Yeah. So, I was so wondering with that, that switchback that you were talking about, I know that hill is like super steep. Why are you <laughs> deciding to build it with wood and not just like pull material from the hillside down and then just kind of benching it out? There's just no, nothing to catch it. It's just like, it's it's almost 90 degrees in that one spot mm -hmm. and i wish i could go out a little further and switch back around but then that kind of throws out the rest of the bench cut so there's not a way that you could build like a retaining wall with some of the trees there or something like that and then like stake them into the ground then just push your dirt against that i that is a possibility but i think we did that on the the switchback prior to it and uh -huh. I think just uh, having a kind of a unique flavor to it is kind of, we'll make a wood, we're, we want to kind of try our luck with this wood switchback. I, I think we're going to end up roughly with about the same amount of work, so why not? 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, sure. I'm sure it'll look cool. And I mean, anything that just yeah. like looks cool, it's fun to ride. So, I mean, I was just curious, like, what the reason was, or if it was just like it. I mean, obviously, <laughs> the GoPro effect when you're watching it. Like, I know that hill steep, but it, it, watching it online, you're like, ah, oh, it's not that bad, you know. <laughs> It's it's like scary steep. Like yeah. when it's bone dry out there, and I walk along that edge, I'm afraid. You know, Brian is a little bit more ballsy than I am, and you know, Dan and them. But I'll, we we kind of hiked along that edge several times, and there's yeah. a few times I've thought I was just going to slide all the way down into the gulch, and I'm just sitting there. Going, <laughs> I hold on, guys. Let me let, let me kind of get up above that tree right there, so I got something <laughs> to catch me if I catch myself. <laughs> and you know Brian's just—he's like a little mountain goat. He's—he's he's just running all over the place. He has no fear. But it's—it's uh, it's crazy steep. And I actually seen Dan slide down probably ten feet down that hill just trying to get his footing. <laughs> watch him. I'm like, dude, are you going to stop? <laughs> he's rocks. Yeah, you'll definitely stop at the gulch. <laughs> yeah. Even as the yeah. dog gets a little sketched out in some of those spots, I'm like, dude, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, but, are is the the trail itself pretty wide getting up there, or is it kind of sketched too? Uh, it's it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's it's narrow. I, I want to definitely make it wider. It. I I think if I was to ride it right now, I would be scared <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah so but i mean i think that your plan is to build the trails and then kind of like refine them later or yeah correct and for multiple reasons one is like let's get a full layout of everything and see if any of the trails that we build are gonna <clears throat> excuse me interfere with any of the other trails uh and then it's also kind of nice to groom the forest right away is there's a lot of dead brush, uh, you know, trying to raise up some of the canopy, uh, get rid of some of that dead brush, bury it, use that old brush kind of for uh, erosion control and, you know, set that off to the side, bench cut the trail. So it's kind of like a forest cleanup project as well as getting everything lined out. Uh, and then, you know, if we if we put too much work into the trail early on, then we decide we have to move something. And then you, you put on all that extra work for no reason. So it's like I rather kind of rough everything in, start writing it, make sure it works, and then go back and then make make improvements as we go. And mm -hmm. uh, and then also it's kind of a hey, we got you know six miles of trail already, and 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 it is rideable trail. You know, it's and it's fun, but the the goal is to make everything like ten times better. <laughs> so but I, I i love how everything's coming out um and i and for me i like to ride a trail you know dozens of times over and over and over it's like okay what part do i want to fix like oh all this was great and then you're like you know this one section it's kind of it's kind of bland let's go ahead mm -hmm. let's go ahead and tweak this up mm -hmm. so i try to get in the habit of going up on thursday and i like to spend maybe a couple hours first thing on thursday doing a little trail maintenance on the existing trail or maybe a little trail improvement and then spend the rest of the weekend uh, adding, uh, you know, working on a new line or something, something new. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I get excited because I'm thinking to myself, once I have all the trails cut in and all that work I've been putting in, just, you know, cutting the trails in, imagine what 
what we're going to be able to accomplish once that is done. That's going to be, I think that's going to be a huge milestone for us to really start making incredible trails, you know, going from like a mediocre level to like, oh my God, this is, that was, I got to ride that 10 more, 10 more times before I leave Everston. So mm -hmm. I think you guys did a really good job on the Everflow trail. Thanks. I mean, I think that like a, a, a that trail really shines well. I think on like it stands up as a really fun trail. That seems to be the most popular trail right now. Everybody loves that one, and they seem to do multiple rides. Um, and I, I love it. I, I I love that trail. But that that's a perfect example. That trail I made probably twenty modifications to it as I went, mm -hmm. and it was just minor tweaks here and there, and it just got. It got better every time. Um, I don't know if you remember that there's kind of a berm followed by a steep dip, and then you got kind of come up, and then you got another steep dip. Then it really slowed out for a while. Mm -hmm. I, I modified that by just adding a culvert. And Yeah, I remember you did that shortly after we added the culvert at the end, and you said it speed, sped it up a lot more there in that, yeah. that midsection, yeah. That, that section and another section by just adding a culvert and taking out a little, just a little bit of that G out, it, mm -hmm. it made that so much more smooth. It just really popped a lot. And uh, yeah, and it just, you know, and that's all it took is just moving a little bit of dirt here, a little bit there, adding a culvert and boom. Next thing you know, you took a section that was kind of like, oh, this sucks because it's slowing you down. And it turned it right into like super flowy, all the, like that entire trail, you don't need to pedal. You just, you could do the whole thing flow. Now, now yeah. the trick is to kind of tweak it a little more over time where you're not having to hit your brakes in any section and just, you know, let the bike rip all the way down. And, yeah. Uh, there, I, I don't know. I haven't ridden it uh, like at the end of the season this year, but I, I remember there was a, like a, uh, a turn that I felt like it needed in like an, uh, uh, a slope side um berm on it to keep you on the trail if you're like really pinning it yeah but otherwise i felt like i mean the thing like it really had has good flow to it it was a lot of fun even with the the g outs you know so i would imagine that with the changes that you made it's it's just gotten better so what uh what do you think is um probably one of the the biggest like hurdles that you've had to to overcome with the property you know, compared to what, what you thought when you showed up three years ago? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I'd say the biggest hurdle is just being cautious with the money, you know. Mm -hmm. there's It would be nice to have a little tractor or something. Um, mm -hmm. That would be super useful just to get, you know, loading up a log, say, onto the mill <laughs> to get get the you know is when you have to move a log by yourself with a wrecking bar or something that that takes mm -hmm. a lot of power and energy and time out of you and you mean like a like like how big like a like a little like um, a little excavator big, kind of deal or I, well we were kicking around the idea of mini x but i think once you know we're not going to have a need for a mini x once all the trails are built in so i think a best something real versatile like a like a little kaboto with a front loader and a little mini backo in the back and something maybe you could put post holes on it just to move logs around refresh the road uh you could get a lot of het material and stuff 
logs, planks, whatever, to your job site tools. The, like the Rokon motorcycle has been really useful as I could load up chainsaw and a whole bunch of stuff on that and get it out to the, the trail. But occasionally it'd be nice to have a little bit more tractor and just, you know, to kind of get, <laughs> get that in, get big materials moved around a lot quicker. Yeah. What, what, that, is, what sure. does something like that thing cost? Like a little Kubota thing? I don't know. You probably get a used one for about 10 grand or so. Yeah. So we, like I looked it up, it sort of looks like a little baby tractor basically. And then. Yeah. Like a mini uh, backhoe or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like not, not a full on big one, but, but like a, if you had like a huge one, that would be too much then, huh? Yeah. We rented a backhoe for a while and it was great to do the, grading the main road and digging in those giant culverts but beyond that oh, oh and that making the campsites you know flat spots and stuff but but beyond that it would be something a little smaller because even the large backhoe is very difficult to get into those campsites mm -hmm. and uh, level them out because as soon as you you know from the front of the the backhoe to the to the, where the backhoe arm is you're you're taking up i don't know 16 feet of space I'm not sure what the full length is, but it will, uh, it makes it very hard to maneuver around in there and kind of really <laughs> level out the, the camping surfaces. A smaller version of that would be perfect because it's like, oh, we got a little hump here. And I think with a small version of that, you could just take out the small humps and, and is there, there's some spots in the campsites I'd like to get kind of tuned up a little bit more, um, mm -hmm. make those really how, how many sites do you have? How many campsites do you have there? Right now we got seven and then the tiny house. Uh-huh. Is that where you're planning on keeping or is there like idea to have a few uh, more? Or? Our goal would be to do like 10 sites, uh, 10 campsites and maybe two tiny homes over time. Uh -huh. kind of what we're shooting for, and, and that always pivots. Uh, and some of those campsites might might be like a, a year, like, you know, seven sites a year and two clamping tents or... I don't know. We're, we're gonna we're gonna play around with something, or uh, we think it would be kind of cool to have a yurt <laughs> so, <laughs> all set up. It's all you know furnished, and you go in there, and it's like, oh, this is cool. A little beer refrigerator and everything in there. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's just kind of a you know we're always any business you kind of pivot several times and. Oh, this is working. Uh, this isn't working as good as I thought. So let's try mm -hmm. this. Do but, you um, do you think that by spring that you'll be in a place where you're you'll feel a little more operational, or um, oh, yeah. when do you feel like when do you feel like you're going to be at a spot where you can be like, yeah, we could have all the campgrounds booked every weekend and it would be okay. I'm hoping it's this year. I mean. If people are interested in booking now, they might want to consider it because I already got a few weekends filled now, and it's like January. So mm -hmm. um, I think the September 15th weekend, that race is happening. Mm -hmm. I believe four of the sites are – that's <laughs> that's a long time from now, and I believe four sites are filled up. And I believe at the very beginning of May, the tiny homes filled up and every campsite. So it's, it's kind of happening. Um, mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest challenges is like trying to get people to come out weekdays. Mm -hmm. you know, like there's 
it's a good deal to get a campsite on the weekdays, 30 bucks a night versus 50 on the week, like Friday, Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And then if someone wanted to stay, you know, I'm always flexible, um, you know, especially since we're in promotion mode, I'm down to like, say if someone stays a week, you know, pay for four nights, get a couple nights for free or something like that. As long mm-hmm. as we get some of those weeknights filled up, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, once you get to a point where you're, you're, cause I think last year you weren't really like, we didn't have open. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like a soft opening, I guess you could call it. Yeah. You know, where it was like, yeah, you can pay or you can do some work or like, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, w- and we still kind of have a little bit of that uh, going on. You know, if, if someone comes out and they do a serious amount of trail building, you could camp for free. Um, or, or if you do like half a day of trail building, you could get like, say, 50% off your campsite. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm down to be very flexible and make this happen. I don't, you know, whatever it takes. Uh, the other thing we're kind of moving in with a lot of hesitation in the in the past because we we didn't really have our waivers form, uh, yeah, fill, uh, like all set up, and we didn't have our LLC formed, and now we got an LLC and we got our waivers. So and it's done by an actual lawyer, not <laughs> not by me, you know, getting on the website and going, hey, yeah, I'm a you know, I'm a YouTube yeah. lawyer, so it's done by an actual. We got a the law firm's called Mo- Mobile Law, and they represent like North Star, and so a very reputable company. Mm-hmm. And so we and we got a trail or signs uh, posted, so mm-hmm. we're we're pretty much covered as far as someone coming out there and say, you know, I don't want anyone to get injured, but uh, it, God forbid if someone did come out and break their neck or something, we have a really good day. You know, no trespassing and there's a waiver. Everyone's well aware. Yeah. So, and we actually had our first pretty bad crash during the race. We had a guy, a uh, helicopter flighted out. He, he crashed on the jump. So anyway, he, uh, it was, fortunately he's fine. Thank God. Uh, but it was a scary crash. So it's like, that's that having someone get injured on your property could turn reality real quick. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said for us, like, like downplaying the, the risk that's involved with mountain biking because we've been doing it for so long, you know, like it, it really truly is a dangerous sport, even in the, like, even in, in the, the not crazy trails, you know, like, like, You're, you're flying along at 15 miles an hour, let's just say, you know, and that's not you know, like, like full on like Downeyville downhill speed, you know what I mean? But like, let's just say 15 miles an hour and you run straight into a tree, dude, you can, yeah. you can, you, you can be paralyzed, you know, yeah. like depending on how it goes. I mean, people fall in the, in the, the their shower and like end up a quadriplegic. So, I mean, it, it's like, it, yeah. You're, you're moving along at a good clip and um, there's definitely some opportunity for error, error out there, whether or not it's like, and I'm not saying like your trail system, I'm saying just mountain biking in general. Um, a lot of us that do it, we just kind of forget, you know, and, and we're always looking at like the thing that's a little bit harder than what our skill set is and looking at that and saying, that's, that's fucked up, man. You know, but it's like, realistically, you know, some of the shit that I ride now, if you would have showed that to me 10 years ago, I would have been like, you're fucking crazy. 
there's no way I'm going to go down that. <laughs> you know, like, guess what I'm <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Now I'm fucking building that shit. You know, yeah. it's like, like, um, I yeah, I mean, that... I've been unconscious for almost seven minutes, uh, estimate. And we, uh, and it was during the race, but, and we had a, a EMS, you know, she was there. She was great. But, uh, it, it was like, holy crap, get up, dude. You know, <laughs> so there was, I, and I was, I watched the whole thing unfold. And I'm sitting there going, man. And uh, so, what happened? He just like freaking sent it on one of the tables and just like yeah, he did. It, it was one of the tabletop jumps. And the crazy thing is, is he uh, he rode those jumps several times, but during the race, got a little uh, adrenaline. Got he, I mean, he was doing really good on all his times, and I think he just got like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick ass, you know. <laughs> and yeah. then you know, it just uh, and, and it's. It's dangerous. Uh, jumps can be. That's where everybody. I think most people get hurt because if you're relying on speed to get you over, and then all of a sudden you you allow your back in, and that's what happened. Is he just got bucked and he went and he landed flat, like right on his head. So, um, like, it's very important to make sure you you know how to jump. You understand the mechanics of like, hey, I'm. I'm confident in the air. I'm confident of getting control. I'm not pulling my handlebars. I'm just, I'm no jumper. I'm no, <laughs> I'm just yeah. no, knowing from what I see. One of my good buddies got, you know, paralyzed from like this down. And uh, he was incredible. So from the, the nipples down is what he was doing for those of you listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is insane because, you know, you always hear about people getting paralyzed, say, you know, on the legs, but, uh, it was extra bad for him. Even he still has his arms, but your core—you rely on your core so much. I'm, I was watching him. We had lunch together a few times, and uh, watching him getting in and out of his car. He has to use his hands to—it's all upper strength because if he leans over, he's going down. So he's got to make sure he's always got his hands on something to keep himself upright. And that's how he has to kind of like shift himself up onto his wheelchair and, and get out and stuff. So, and the guy was a phenomenal rider. I mean, one of the best guy riders I've ever ridden with. It's just incredible. I mean, like I said, and I think like you said as well, I mean, jumping is dangerous. I mean, even I mean, like people that watch a lot of YouTube, Scotty Kramer, I, I'm pretty sure he like won more than one X games and he's a BMX guy and he like, was filming some video and had a crash and he basically like can barely ride a bike now, you know, yeah. and that's after like years of, of like rehab and stuff. So it's like, and shit happens, man. That's really what it comes down to is it's like, and, and the, the sport is definitely more dangerous than like, I think that a lot of people, um, you know, we just take it for granted. You know, it's like, oh, I've been riding a bike since I was a kid, you know, like. And then, uh, uh, and I feel like, you know, Brian and I feel like almost, you know, every mountain biker, if they break their arm, wrist, collarbone, something like that, get a mild concussion, they're going to be like, oh, my bad. But the rider that really injures himself gets maybe killed or paralyzed or um, just like real catastrophic injury. Those are the ones that they're, insurance company or somebody's going to come try to come after yeah. us. So it's very important. And yeah. that was the reason why we went into a lot of this with the real caution is just really having the waivers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's like the way that, you know, 
I, I want to be careful on how I say this, but I, um, like it's the way that people actually are grieving what happened to them is by like litigation, you, yeah. you know, like, like, and, and um, it's like, it, it gives them something to focus on other than the fact that like what happened to them and just yeah. like, you, you know what I mean? And, and um, I, I think it's easy, maybe easy for me to make that decision or like make that judgment from the position of not being, totally injured but in my mind i think i feel like like i don't know i feel like i would take it on the chin if it happened to me because it's like i understand that risk but you know you never know i mean when you're sitting under like a hundred thousand dollars of of hospital bills that you like didn't think that you were gonna have to pay or something like that you're like yeah exactly then, then all of a sudden your mind changes you know you're like wait a minute dude i'm gonna lose my house or i'm gonna sue this guy you know yeah. it's like which one am i gonna do you know and especially if you're married you know you your spouse is they can, they're gonna get involved and i don't you know i just i'm not saying anything negative about anybody that does that it's just you almost have no choice it's just yeah. you gotta get something is your entire life has just changed yeah. <laughs> and it's like you got to have some sort of revenue or some sort of income yeah. some sort of something because so well i would imagine you guys have to carry some sort of insurance as well so like in the in the event of something happens that you're still protected outside of your like your your um your waiver and and your signage and stuff like that that there still has to be some some sort of insurance i would imagine right yeah correct yeah yeah so you have to get all that and that's the stuff that's kind of foggy right now and still kind of looking into it like how much do we need um and like you know what what kind of insurance and well it's just there's a lot of little things like that and i'm horrible with any of that office type stuff when it comes to that is yeah. even if you have the insurance it's like you want to make sure you have the correct insurance um i think some of the biggest concerns is making sure like um from what i understand like the things that would negate the waiver is kind of negligence on our part. So if someone says, Hey, that well tell that you guys built, uh, it's got a loose board. And we're like, yeah, oh, we fixed it and we don't fix it. And then they go ride it. And it's like, yeah. hey, we, <laughs> well, that was like, there's a stake sticking out and it punctures their lung. It's like, well, yeah. then that's, that's kind of on us. We got to make yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but even even but if it's a random thing it's like you know a bear went out there and mauled it overnight and then someone hit it like well we didn't have any chance to correct it and that's that's still like that falls under the act of god under the waiver yeah, uh, yeah. but outside of that it's like you know we got to make sure everything's fixed it and that, that that was another concern we had with the putting things on trail forks because uh, i kind of want to like have someone outside of myself or brian if we do put on trail forks I want to have someone outside of my myself or, or Brian to put that on trail forks and do an accurate job uh, because there's kind of a question of like, say I label a trail intermediate and it ends up being a black diamond mm -hmm. and so on, or a double black. And, you know, there's kind of some gray area there potentially where someone could say, Hey, you mislabeled that. I'm a new writer and I was going to, everything's ride. black. <laughs> and i think that's kind of what happens it's like uh, you know, like you go up to uh you know somewhere like whistler or something a, a, a black diamond there is a true black diamond is where some stuff down here is like eh, yeah sure. 
the black thing. But yeah, at Everstoke, everything's double black, just so you know. <laughs> or <Pearl. Yeah. laughs> everything's double black. Yeah. My um I, I think basically when I was thinking about that, I was like, well, none of your friends can help you like label your trails because we're all like just as jaded now with like the stuff that we ride. <laughs> yeah. I, like like I, I will think to myself, oh, this is a super easy trail. And then um like even even whenever I came up there with my wife and I we were gonna walk up to the top just to like look at the view from above Everflow and I was like, just bring your bike. We could go down Everflow. It's like a green trail. It's so easy. <laughs> and then she's like walking through some of the berms and I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of didn't really think yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> Some guys that were kind of getting into mountain biking, and friends of mine from a long time ago, and he brought up a mountain bike, you know, and it's kind of like target level mountain bike, and I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah. come down, never flow with me, and he's like, I'm already down at the bottom, and 20 minutes later, he's like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Half of that, I was like, oh yeah, I'm sorry, I forget, kind of, you know, I mean, yeah. I forget where I was at in a long time. I was afraid yeah. to ride off the curb. And, yeah, no, it's really hard to um, to keep that perspective as you get better, you know, unless you have every time that I, I start riding with somebody that's that's learning again, it like refreshes my memory. Yeah. But for the most part, it's like it's really hard to put yourself in that place. Like I um, the trail system that we help help work, do a lot of work in it, it comes into another trail system that's easier and um every time that we come into that that older trail system i i'm always thinking to myself i used to ride that older older trail system and think that that was like legit mountain biking and yeah. now when i get on that section of the ride i'm like this feels like a freaking sidewalk like like it's just like wow this is so easy how could anybody like enjoy this yeah <laughs> you know? but um it, it's just like that's the one part like that's one of those spots what always like makes me remember that like that 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 trail was like one of the first trails that i rode when i got back into mountain biking and i was like man this is like real mountain biking and yeah. and now i'm like this is like real boring you know <laughs> it's just it's just interesting how your perspective really changes i i i, I had a cam mccall on a, a few weeks ago and i was asking him about that because like i can imagine when you get to the point where you're like sending like 80 foot freaking jumps that you're like ah everything's boring you know but um yeah he, he said, you know, you still have to find your way to enjoy things. And I think he, he's correct in that, you know. Um, I still find fun in those trails. I just ride them very differently, you know. Yeah, same here. You're looking for more play, like, oh, I could kind of pop off of that little tiny rock. Over yeah. Just kind of mixing things up now. Like Forest Hill Divide Loop in Auburn is a, a very XC, about 11-mile loop. And it has some good climbing in it, and but uh, otherwise, it's like really an XC trail. But for a long time, I really considered that as like that was the real super legitimate mountain biking to me. And now it's like, oh, if I ride that trail, I'm gonna ride it on my hardtail, and I'm gonna ride it to like see how fast I can do the whole eleven yeah. miles. You, you know what I mean? And it's like I'm just gonna be put in the pain cave the whole time, you know? Yeah. And all those little downhill sections, you're just trying to rip them as fast as you can and do whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, or you're using those sections just to recover from the, the climb that you just did. And you're like, you know, and, and you're just like, you know, just trying to keep it pinned that way. But I think that's, you know, that's the way that you keep mountain biking fun, though, as well. Because it's like, if you really think about it, I mean, God, I don't even know how many times I've ridden the trails in Auburn. I, I mean, I didn't even have Strava the whole time that I've been riding out here. And it's like, you know, probably like, 300 or 400 attempts on like connector you know and, right. and that's not even all the years that i've been riding it you know i remember connector used to seem like so fast and now it's like i'm pedaling through i'm like, trying to go faster now and i, I just remember god that's like dude this is so fast i'm just like you know yeah and now it seems like a pretty slow trail and i, I mean yeah. you can still make it fast but it it doesn't i mean there's <laughs> way faster trails out there now to me i think um, that that's that like you getting used to speed and you yeah. getting used to you know because i feel the same way too where i remember like probably the first few times i rode that trail i didn't pedal at all and i thought yeah. it was fast yeah and then maybe i started pedaling here and there and i thought it was fast and now i'm like full-on like pr pace trying to like heart rates like 160 trying to go as fast as i freaking can and i'm still like this trail is slow you yeah. know so like, it, it's remember. weird that you know as your your um skill set gets better and like you get more used to that speed that it really changes and i, I think that's where like what we were talking about earlier about how it becomes more dangerous and we just become like complacent to the danger is because you're just like put it this way you and I had a trail or a ride in Downeyville years ago where we were coming down third divide and we were just flying like as fast as we thought we could ever go, you yeah. know? And, and I just remember us being at the bottom and being like, Oh my God, dude, we were like high-fiving and fist bumping. Yeah. And we were so like, so pumped up about how fast we are. And, and like, it was just like, that was unbelievable. And, and my PR is probably minutes faster than that now. Yeah. You know, and that's that's a lot of time on a trail that's only a couple of miles long. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that was. A, I think you crashed on that on that one time. Yeah, just, yeah I did. Uh, like, crap, I was following you, and you yeah. just got all laughing, and then we got back and started bombing down again. It's so fun. But even that Rockies trail, like in uh, uh, Auburn, it uh, man, I remember the first time I. I was like, who could ride this? <laughs> I, I didn't ride it for a long time. And then finally, I remember the first time I was able to ride the entire thing going, whoa, dude, I got so much better. And now it's like, now how fast can I ride this trail? Yeah. Now? Yeah. Now, now your time is like, you know, 50 seconds for the whole trail. And yeah. back then it was like three minutes, you know, it's like, I don't remember uh, the first time I rode that though. I was just like, dude, there's no way there's so many rocks. <laughs> I have a video of me and uh, uh, Zach on that trail from the ver the very first time that we went on it. Yeah. We're like standing there. We were like sessioning the the little rock roll that's in the middle of it and like trying to figure out the line. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it's like it's just so like puts it so much into perspective, like what we were talking about when you go back. That's the fun thing about, you know, recording and having the channel is yeah. really being able to go back and look at that stuff. I mean there's a lot of trails like that like like the very first time i ever went down east side i was terrified you know oh yeah and, yeah i used to scare um even even uh that one going into rockies uh 
Stonewall. Stonewall, yeah. Yeah. Stonewall, I mean, I remember that seemed like it was so steep to me going. Yeah. There was a couple of sections that I remember walking down. And yeah. my, I was riding with my son, and he had just went, went down him. And I was like, dude, you just went down that? And he's like, yeah, I just did it. And I just remember being like, dude, you're crazy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, same thing. It's like that trail now. And that's one of those things where it's like I, I have somebody that's a newer rider coming out. And I'm like, oh, we should go down this. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, dude, I totally forgot. Like, <laughs> like that's really, like, that's, that's like, hardcore for people, you know? Yeah. And, um to me, it's like, oh, the people I ride with, they're like, ah, oh, that's the bull, that's the warm-up trail, you know. <laughs> like, so it's 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 uh yeah, it's really interesting. So I mean, so back at Everstoke, I mean, are you trying to have like like um trails that are all like all the way through the spectrum from from green to double black, or is it like kind of in your mind you want everything to be like in the blue zone and maybe some green, or what are you thinking? I'd like to cover everything. Um, mm-hmm. More people could get out there enjoying the sport because I, I always thought, you know, I have the mentality of trying to um, grow the sport. You know, it's just mm-hmm. grow the pie, get more people involved of just l- enjoying it. Um, and as at the bike park, it seemed like it was really cool showing people like what mountain biking is about, just the very basics. Mm-hmm. So I love the idea of having families come out with their kids, uh, maybe just getting into the sport or the husband or, or the wife is a really good rider and, and vice versa, the husband or the wife mm-hmm. is just getting into it and then they can ride like the, the climb trails. I call it the climb trail right now only because I don't have a name for it yet, but it uh, that's a great trail to go up or down. And I think that's a great beginner trail if someone wanted to get into mountain biking. It's the same with like Serpent's Back. Yeah, the name's the name's scary. The trail is not, (laughs) but it's uh, it sounds like a horrible climb when you were like, Let's go up Surfing's back and then make this other lap. And I'm like, Uh, I'm gonna tell you, Surfing's back is a really windy, and I really tried to, (laughs) you know, it looks like a Surfing's back from yeah, up up, above. So, um, yeah, and then even the more advanced lines, I think, having uh, go rounds, you know, so people could just any level could ride them and have an alternate entrance line. So you got your crazy steep line going, just bombing down a mountain, or you could say, Oh, I'll take the nice little cool line around the edge. And, uh, we actually, uh, Jeff, my good friend, Jeff, you know, him, he's taking us on, uh, that one, yeah. you know, the place. I know you're talking about. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, he just made an alternate line for, uh, the tree fork trail is the entrance to that was just, ridiculous <laughs> i mean it made me rethink my life a few times so it's like let's have an alternate line and he cuts them in for that so it's pretty nice um but yeah everything and everything will have a go around there's going to be some specific lines that are just meant for really good riders so um there's a guy uh dylan he has a single track line and he, mm-hmm. he's got a couple bike clinics at everstoke um Really good dude. Just met him first time about a, maybe two months ago. And anyway, he's really like, from what I've seen on his videos, a really good rider mm-hmm. and an amazing trail builder. So he's already built a, a little baby line coming out of the bottom of Sir Squatch a lot, which you know doesn't mean much to people until they get out there. But uh, 
and then he's building an alternate line to rough cut and it's got it's got a squirrel catcher which i hope everybody's familiar with the squirrel catcher it's just basically a gap jump into his line and that makes a statement right away saying this is going to be a big this is going to be an advanced line so mm -hmm. immediately after that squirrel catcher is a it's probably like a 12 foot gap jump and then it's going to have this crazy <laughs> crazy little roll I, I i don't i'm not going to be able to ride this line but it's it'll be nice to have a couple advanced trails specifically for the real good riders mm -hmm. so but if if someone doesn't want to do that line they could just go down the regular uh rough cut so you know problem solved that everyone could have fun have you been down the rough cut yet i probably have i'm just not very good with the names yet so yeah. um I, that's one of the earlier trails i built and it's really fun but it's short but it's it's real fun yeah yeah no there's definitely um when when you first like look at the property size of 91 acres and you like like stack that up in like mileage or whatever you're like oh well this is not like a very like it's not like 91 acres are all in a row you know what i mean like and so so you look at it and you're like man that's not like a lot of of, of like distance but when you get out there and you start riding the stuff i mean yeah, it's, i was trying to remember decent, you know do you remember how many acreage Rockville is on by any chance? Or I was told that it's a square mile. I don't know if that is or not, but like, let's let's see what what Google says. Or how about yeah. this, Alexa? How many acres is in a square mile? One square mile, six hundred forty acres. Six hundred forty acres is what she says. So and that place has got tons tons of riding i mean ton you could spend <laughs> i have spent all day out there and yeah like, there's still so much variety so i've definitely done like 15 or so miles and not really like looped anything like you know what i mean just like the way my route went was just like i like crossed over myself a bunch of times but like didn't do anything twice and got like 15 miles you know what i mean which is crazy to think about you know what i mean where it's like yeah, if you can get 10, 15, or or especially 20 miles of riding, that's that's doing something, especially that type of, you know, with yeah. that technical. Well, and I think that the Rockville miles will be similar to, like, the Everstoke miles. Is like, like, if you did 10 miles at Everstoke, you're going to be fucking dusted, dude. Yeah, you're going you to Because <laughs> there's some climbs there that, I'll, that, that, that you got to put your heart into, you know? You're going to the brewing there afterwards for sure, because that's a that's like a pain cave if you're doing ten out there. Yeah, yeah. Are you um so so are you thinking by spring that you're gonna be in a spot where you guys are like pretty much ready to like rock and roll? Or you think it's gonna be a little bit into summer before you're or no. are you shooting like maybe for like by the time the race is ready or I'm, what do you think? concerned we're 100 open and it i, I kind of look at it like disneyland you know disneyland's always building a new uh ride or something to bring in more people so we're always gonna be building more uh trails and features just keep you know keep it exciting and keeping people coming out there but uh you know as far as people wanting to camp stay there ride they're they're welcome now i mean well mm -hmm. it's a little wet right now but yeah as soon as it dries up come on out um and it's there's no snow at everstoke right now it's 
completely different than last year. Last year was horrible um, trying to get out there. But this year yeah, was a big, big winter last year, though, too. So, I mean, everything was just buried. I heard that was like there... a storm or something last year. And yeah. It's a weird deal. But, huh. yeah, last year was a tough year um, just getting anything done. But it – I don't know. This year, like, I feel like if there's a break in the rain, I feel like you could hit the trails right now. Um it's except with the, I don't know what the hell you call that stuff when it freezes overnight and then it pushes the, the moisture content from underneath up. It mm -hmm. makes the ground way more snot slick, snotty, just ugh. Mm -hmm. And then it's if, then if it was to rain, it, like just if it just regular rain and got the trail wet, then the next day, I swear you could pretty much ride that any of the trails out there, except for the very fresh cut trails. Um, mm -hmm. But there's something to do with that cold night constantly pushing up that uh, cold mo that moisture, and it just turns all that it pushes up that slime, and it's just horrible. So I do I did hear hear from a local gentleman. Uh, he's built trails in that area, and he said that's kind of normal for a couple of years on the trails until they start getting ridden in. So hopefully that will mm -hmm. go away as Everstoke evolves. And uh, and but uh, as far as rocking and rolling, I I mean come on out, let's book it. Yeah, it's uh, well, I know you guys had an issue with the bathroom recently. Like, is that so that that that's all back and running? And then I, yeah, I think, I think like, <laughs> and then Brian do like a little teaser that they're building like a, a full on like shower and everything. Yeah, so we got a there with Plumas County, as far as we know, the code is as long as your a structure was under 120 square feet, you don't need a permit. And we already permitted the septic tank. And the uh, leach field, and that all passed with flying colors. And I believe on the in, the actual inspection permit and the paperwork that our site engineer drew up for us, it included a little you know mini bathroom, so we could have any type of like mini bathroom structure. So Brian had already started making a uh, uh, where we're going to basically have two stalls and a little shower and maybe mm -hmm. a, a hand wash area. Uh, right there we'll see what evolves out of it he's still but they poured the foundation for that and he put it in one of his videos yeah and yeah it's going to be a massive little up, upgrade um and everybody loves a little bathroom the grumper <laughs> everyone's yeah, yeah. Like the right now and it's like i've had people go wow that's cool it's like a little flushable toilet but but no insulation and that's what happened is uh even though we were brian and i were taking a, you know, doing our due diligence, trying to push air through the lines to get all the water out of the line. And we were taking a, a little sump pump thing where you actually stick it into the, the bottom of the toilet. You could pull all the water out of that little P-trap. Mm -hmm. Enough water got trapped in there or something um, kind of where we couldn't see it. And that, that super cold night, it just shattered that <laughs> the base of the toilet. But Brian's yeah. already faced that toilet. So and then, so now what we're doing is we're at a little bit of the RV uh, safe antifreeze. Uh, yeah, I heard somebody somebody talk about that on the comments and the one. Yeah, so comments are awesome. I try to go through my comments all the time. Is you get some great ideas. And it's yeah, like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> it's like so obvious once you see it. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, didn't he use some kind of like little heating pad thing that like? 
in the in the the pump room like i was thinking what if you could put like something like that on the toilet where it just keeps the toilet like warm enough that actually if yeah. you look closely he did have some uh it's that heat wire it's mm -hmm. you wrapped around uh pipes and stuff that are exposed you know where you can't bury them and mm -hmm. uh that uh he had some kind of heat pads and stuff attached to the toilet but didn't work yeah. It's just you got to have so much heating on it. It's so the new yeah. bathroom is going to be really insulated, and mm -hmm. it's it, it will be bulletproof. You know, the grumper is always a a stepping stone to yeah yeah bathroom. When do you think that bathroom will be done? Uh, tough. Uh, that's Brian's project. Brian's putting yeah. put a ton of work, and he plans on being at Everstoke quite a bit this year. Um, you know, the prior two years he had a lot of trips planned and prior you know uh, prior obligations and stuff and mm -hmm. the components and all that stuff but uh he's been out there a lot lately just putting in the work and i believe if the cards fall right we're looking at you know i'm thinking into march april somewhere in there mm -hmm. like a usable toilet and i'm sure there's still going to be some fine tuning to do to it and stuff but yeah but uh i think you know, that'll be a game changer having the two toilets and a shower like a legitimate oh, yeah. shower that um i feel like that in itself will just be like that that'll yeah. really really change things that's gonna uh, be huge. yeah are you i can't remember did you guys finish the little i don't know if you want to call it a pool but the, uh, the, what do you call the, uh, the, the waiting tank? <laughs> did you guys finish the deck around that this year or was there? Uh, we do got the main deck there. I'd still like to build a couple of steps down to it and out of yeah. it. And then, uh, I'd like to kind of, uh, cons let's see the underneath the deck is kind of janky looking because you can see underneath. So I want to kind of put some siding or something there just to kind of hide that. Yeah, just to make it look a little more pleasing. Um, yeah, but it's going to be like fun. Lattice or something like that. What's that? Some kind of like lattice or something like that around it. Yeah, maybe lattice or just maybe we can mill some uh, one-inch right. redwood planks and just kind of plank that off. And then yeah, I was thinking kind of like a little rock arch coming out of there with a little creek and then we might have a little pond below it. That's going to yeah. be a, a drinking area. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be super rad. Were you guys planning on building some kind of like deck or something like that over in the like, I don't know if you want to call it kitchen area, because now that you have all the ability to mill all the wood and stuff like that, I didn't know if that was like in the yeah. plan. Or... Uh, probably a lot of decks and a lot of minor touches like, well, you gave me an idea, decompose granite, uh, maybe around the fire pit. Mm -hmm. and, um I'd like to get all that leveled out. And Brian's got ideas for a, like a nice cooking kitchen barbecue area there. Uh, it, I mean, there's so much we want to do. And yes, we do want to have a, like a deck, maybe something to keep you out of. Well, we got gravel over by, by the sink now, but you know, something that's nice where you got a little standing area and then um, also a deck for the sawmill because the sawmills like, I, I put it up on some janky little blocks and stuff right now just because I wanted to get into using it right away. Mm -hmm. that, that, that definitely needs, uh, we need a nice work area for the sawmill. 
And then eventually my little, you know, I'm trying to score. Someone's got a, uh, say, a, uh, like a tiny, what are those, uh, tough shed, like a wooden tough shed. That's, I want to, instead of staying inside the, my camper, I want to get rid of the camper. And there's a little platform behind my camper or I'm going to put my tough shed. And that's actually where I'm going to stay while I'm doing work is that camper actually has very little useful square footage and it's mm -hmm. just so beat up it's like a 1986 i mean um it had a massive leak heat doesn't work the water tanks leak just so many issues with it um and it's an eyesore i want to get rid of it you know so if we because that that main work area it looks kind of it's construction-y looking which is fine mm -hmm. for now because we got so much work we gotta do but eventually i want to get that cleaned up and make it look mm -hmm. good so um, I plan on putting a little tough shed up on that. It will be up kind of out of the way. And that's going to be where I'll sleep and have my like food and stuff. That way, when I just show up, it's like, oh, okay, I could just crash in there. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, I think if we do get to the point where we have a second tiny home, uh, where my camper is, that's probably where the tiny home will go. Yeah. You know what I would look at? I, I saw some um, like... They're like like a, I don't know what they call them like a like a Connex. What, what do the civilians call those? Like storage containers. Oh yeah, yeah. They have some that are like like ten by ten with a door and a window in them already. I've seen I've seen them on like Facebook Marketplace for like pretty cheap. Yeah, the, and you could just plant one of those up there and and stick that on the hill and then not even you know have to worry about like as much the, as the tough shed would be you know well the tough shed i the reason why i was kind of focusing on the tough shed it's if you get the wood walls it's easy to put like electrical insulation um it's actually quite difficult to insulate a those uh shipping containers um i mean you got to either frame inside of it or yeah that's what i was gonna say you just frame the inside and you'll be fine dude yeah but it's and then if you want a window and I mean, it's not super hard to cut holes into the steel and all that stuff, but it's a little bit more. That's what I was saying. The ones that I that I that I saw, like they already had like a window and a door oh, okay. and everything in them. Like they're set up to be like little offices, basically for like job sites or something like that. And they're just, you know, essentially all you would have to do is you know move in, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and but, that's uh, definitely not out of the question. I, you know, just whatever works good and yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, on the other hand, I, I mean, I guess because those tough sheds, they're 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 they have a decent price to them as well. I mean, and so I think on the other hand, I mean, you could probably build one on your own, and yeah. it would be like half, at least half the cost of of like just buying the like prefab one. But then you kind of go down that rabbit hole, then right. Yeah, well, it was unfortunate because I saw someone giving away one, but at the time, oh, I was, yeah, I was like pre Everstoke, and I was like, oh, what can I use it for? Yeah. But anyway, that <laughs> of course I won't find that now, but uh, but you know, and that's easy to kind of like move all the pieces up there and then assemble it. There, mm -hmm. the shipping container we have to get it. It's there's no road to get up there it'll have to be like lifted by a tractor or something so mm -hmm. there's 
pros and cons, I guess, to every little everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the container that I'm talking about, they're not like the full size, though, like what you have up there. It's yeah. like a fraction of it. It's like a quarter of it, you know? Yeah. It's like just Perfect. a little, basically like, yeah, it's like a room, you know? And um, I mean, I would imagine that you, you could probably put like 10 guys with ropes and drag the thing up the hill. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like they can't well, be that heavy. Yeah, and that guy moves everything. I mean, Dan was, Dan Jones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got all those pulleys and shit. You could, you could hook something up there. And just he was the mastermind to get that VW bug out and uh, <laughs> get it up to the top of the property, which will be a feature. That's it, just that's we're going to build that uh, probably this spring, get that feature done. So people that don't know, they found a VW bug on the property or adjacent to it uh, not too long ago, and they drug it up to one of the trails. And I, I think you're planning on, like, you're not sure what you're going to do. You're going to do, like, a like make it a tabletop jump or you jump over it or it's a roller. It's kind of a bunch of ideas. Jeff and I were talking about that the other day. I guess you guys were were chatting about some, some, some stuff that you saw or something like that. Yeah. We uh, – so originally – I was going to make a roller out of it, but then I was like, well, it's where we put it. It's so fast. I was thinking, well, let's do a jump. But, but then it's like, I'm all about character. I love unique stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think outside of the box. And uh, so then I went back to roller and Dylan, the guy from a single track mine, he, uh, he suggested a spot to put it. He's like, why don't you put it here? And we can make a roller off the back. And I was like, oh, that's, sick so back to roller <laughs> but we do have to move it probably 50 yards which is a hard. and uh and the reason why i want to make a roller out of it is i'm trying to keep as much character and uh, of the vw as possible um otherwise just you know make a giant wood jump and get rid of the, the bug um yeah so you're going to frame the inside of it so that you're actually like rolling over the car yeah correct roll yeah. up on front of it roll up the, the thing and i think we could do that and put like a little skeleton up there <laughs> so yeah. it's like and uh, brian wasn't even thinking put like a little sound system so it's like ah, i got <laughs> all these crazy ideas but uh but on the back you know how a volkswagen bug is shaped it's really steep you know you got kind of like this yeah. really steep dome well it goes into a hill right here like that and so you're gonna oh, so you can make it roll run, into but, something steep okay so it's like double the role in one little feature so i oh, think I that's like what that. we're gonna go with i when he said that i was like oh yeah that would be pretty sick you know Killzone's another one of those trails that i think is like really fun that um gets overlooked because of, of everflow right next to it but i think that has really good character to it as well like all the little drops that are up on the top and then yeah the way that it, it it comes into the the I don't know what you want to call the bee sting section and then uh <laughs> then down into that that last last portion of it um that's bee sting burb <laughs> yeah, yeah. lit up there man it's like <laughs> what, what what the hell's happening <laughs> bees <laughs> i was throwing tools <laughs> and running i'm like crap <laughs> so how much how many trails like is the is the property on the other side of the gorge just as big as the property on the side that you've been building on? I think we'll have more usable trail buildings area on the back side of the property than we do in the front. The mm -hmm. front is a little bit larger, but you got to remember the campsites, the road, 
and uh, you know whatever else we're doing, the bathroom, tiny mm -hmm. home, all that's subtracting from the you know square footage of actual usable trail building area. Yeah. So the everything on the back side of the gulch, when I look at that and compare it to the front, it it's not much smaller, but I'm looking at actually usable trail building surface and I'm going, oh my God, there's so much potential over here. Mm -hmm. it, it's ridiculous. Like you really ought to build your own line out there. I mean, <laughs> we're looking yeah. for YouTubers to come out and like put a signature feature or a trail if they have the time and, uh, you know, make an entire video out of it and just have fun. And yeah. You know, yeah. And whatever. Yeah. I, th I think I'm, I think I'm into it this year, man. Um, honestly, like, um, it sounds like a lot of fun to me to, to, you know, come up and take a look at that, that area. And I've, um, yeah, I think it'll be fun, especially you got all the, the, the gear up there to make the planks and all the stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, every time I've come up, I've had a really good time building. And like, I don't know, I feel like when you and I and, and our other buddy, get together and build it just like it's like the gang's back together you yeah know? And like it's fun uh, i really enjoy building with you and um you know and it's it's great just to get other people's like flavor out there you know like when eric yeah. from ecpov built the the huckback well that's that's such a great you know that's so fun and it just you know from our his original plan to where it ended up it it just kind of evolved and originally it was going to be gap in gap out, but then he realized, you know, it's just, let's make a ladder so everybody could enjoy it. And it was, I mean, it was sketchy, <laughs> you know, he's a good writer. So if he was kind of really uh, getting sketched out and sending the jump into it and out of it, it'd be a pretty tough feature, but yeah. everyone, I mean, that was part of the race. Everyone had a great time. Um, it's, it's really cool. So I, I really like, I really like the um, the jumps that you put in just recently, where there are um, like each one is a little bit bigger than the next one. I feel like yeah. I feel like every city, every bike park should have that in in that like small of an increment yes. because it's just so, it's like where else do you get to practice doing drops? So um, people that may not have seen the video. There's basically like a one foot drop next to a two foot drop next to a three foot drop next to it. Doesn't it go up to like six feet or something like that? Uh, I think, well, it, it goes up by increments of six inches. So you got like one foot, foot and a half, two. And I think it gets up to a four footer. But your actual, that's measuring from the lip to the ground. Right. <laughs> so you going out, it's probably, you're, you're more realistically probably starting. I'll have to... Uh, get accurate measurement maybe like uh find but out either way either yeah. way there's the, the ability to, to to slowly progress like you can do that 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 one foot and then be like okay i feel safe for this it's cool you know? and then you can go to the next one and 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 i i think that that's like that's really key to have something that's like safe and you know built in that manner where you feel like then you know once you walk away from that like oh i can hit this this jump that's four foot now i can like size up other things and and know that i feel comfortable with that you know and i, I think that's like i think that was a really 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 good addition to that area definitely um i'm glad you like it and it definitely works which 
but the weekend I started building it, there's some people camping there and uh, this guy never hit a drop before. And by the time he left, he was hitting the fourth drop and he's just like, dude, that's awesome. So the drop zone is definitely um, something I kind of envisioned a long time ago, even at the Elk Road bike park, mm -hmm. I built there called the aircraft carrier and it was basically a tilt to drop. So it's just one drop, but you literally could drop the very far left would be like one foot, but you could go increments of an yeah. inch all the way up to the thing. And it was cool. It was just this like giant tilted yeah. drop. And yeah. I was talking to somebody recently about a trail that we were working on about putting something like that. That way, like if you hit the left side, it's only a one foot drop, but if you hit the right side, it's a six foot drop. You it know, looked, like, it looked cool. It looked kind of like a shark fin type of thing, but it was a, a just a giant drop. And yeah. they put it down at the bike park. But, you know, yeah. Well, this is your property, so you don't have anybody. Nobody's going to tear it down unless it's you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in charge, damn it. <laughs> right? So how's but, the channel been doing over the time of, of Everstoke? So, uh, like, the initial plan was, like, you, you sold your business. You were going to, yeah. like, lean into Everstoke and YouTube. And here you are three years later. What? How's that How's that looking? It's going it's it's definitely growing and uh i mean obviously we'd all like to get faster because it i mean i'm happy with how many subscribers i have but financially it's like ooh, you know i'm i'm like holy crap <laughs> i'm putting a lot out here on the line here so i got i gotta make something and pay the bills but mm -hmm. uh but yeah the channel i think a little over eleven thousand now which is pretty sweet mm -hmm. and uh i feel like i'm making fine tune adjustments as i go while staying true to my nature, I guess, because I, I really, I just kind of like, I, I kind of came to this conclusion of like, we always talk about, you know, you're trying to make a story and I just feel like Everstoke's one giant story. So I'm just like, okay, I'm just doing updates. And I, I kind of grown to like that type of mm -hmm. uh, platform. And, uh, you know, I obviously could make it, a lot more interesting uh, but i i think as i go i'm adding kind of fun little things um mm -hmm. my own little uh, words <laughs> i like to say my little phrases and uh, mm -hmm. things that come to my mind at times and just silly things i do like my latest one is i got the rake as a pointer and stuff so uh, yeah. i feel like i'm making these little adjustments into the right direction and uh mm -hmm. my viewership has definitely um uh, went up quite a bit and the view duration so it's like you know my old ride videos people would watch uh well for i don't know 30 percent was like a, a 30 if they what's what do they call that the retention is if it was 30 percent, that was like really good for me that's mm -hmm. i'm way way above that i'm hitting 60 mm -hmm. retention which that's dumb yeah, <laughs> so yeah. If I, I feel like if I can make some t more tweaks and it, I think it'll start going. Brian's you have like a Patreon and, and uh, you have that going or using the memberships too, or just the Patreon? Uh, Patreon. Yeah. Uh, you mean memberships as far as. Uh, they have memberships on YouTube now. So it's, it's oh, sort of yeah. like Patreon, but it's like on me and on YouTube itself. So. Uh, no, I haven't. I'm not that smart to use the memberships. <laughs> 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 I, I got the Patreon going and. Um, I've been trying to use Instagram quite a bit more, mm -hmm. just eight stories, uh, and then unique things that happen at Everstoke. Uh, 
weather updates and uh, shorts. I finally made some YouTube shorts to kind of dabble with that. I think I'll try to do some more of those. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, I don't want to make a video, like say I might do a, a minor upgrade to a trail, uh, but it's not video worthy. So I think YouTube short video will be good for that. And then also I've been getting some minor, not really, I guess there's kind of spawn, like Blue Eddy. They, they reached out to me and gave me a Blue Eddy system, which is like, God, I love Blue Eddy. Is <laughs> a, Everstoke is all off grid and having uh, battery banks and solar is just uh, it's essential. <laughs> so yeah. I have reach out to me and say, hey, you know, I want to try this product and everything. This, that was fun. Um, and then uh, Logox is another one. So that's really useful for my video. I don't want to do any products that isn't something that I'd actually use up at Everstoke or on mm -hmm. rides. Uh, but Logox is perfect because that's that's just that. I don't know what they call it, but it's that lever to roll logs up mm -hmm. on the sawmill. And it, and you could also prop the log up off the ground so it's easier to use a chainsaw. So I just got that product, and um, which is exciting. It gives you a little bit more confidence, like you're going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to be like a – I don't want to have too much product on my channel, but um, I feel like if it's something I could integrate with my videos, that's like the log ox is perfect. Mm -hmm. so, that that definitely makes me excited. Like, oh man, someone thinks of my channel <laughs> worthy enough to give me this product. So it's like, hey, yeah. that's I think the stuff that you're building out there is interesting. I mean, obviously, like, um, we could all tell better stories or edit better or whatever. But I think at the end of the day, though, like, what what I'm getting at is that like that. Um, that trail or that building that property it's just like it's something fun to watch you know like to see something come come to you know and um i think it's an interesting story to tell cool i'm glad you know? glad you think so it's um I, I think it will get better because a lot of the trail you know the initial cutting in the trail and the bench cut that could only go so far as excitement you know but uh, i think when we start getting into more wood features like building those like the drop zone and the that big wooden ramp thing behind it those are the type of things that really kind of like well what are you building here you know that's kind of drawing a lot more attention because I, I got quite a few views on the drop zone and the for my channel the, mm -hmm. the drop zone and the, that uh, wooden bridge behind it um which is really fun um <laughs> that thing is real fun so those type of things um really stand out and I think add make a great thumbnail and a lot of people are like, Oh, that's what, what's going on at Everstoke. And, draws mm -hmm. attention. and I think that's where we'll be at eventually where, um, instead of just cutting in another trail, Oh, Aaron's using that pick Pulowski again. <laughs> you know, it's like, how many times could I make a video of me doing a Pulowski and bench cutting and stuff? So, uh, mm -hmm. it is kind of neat to see the trails kind of grow though. Uh, I think, so hopefully there's a lot of people. I, I get a lot of a lot more comment. Uh, people getting involved too, which is nice. Because mm -hmm. I, I like to answer the comments and talk to people. And so, um, whereas my old ride videos, I get maybe three, four comments, and now I'm getting you know twenty, thirty, some some of them maybe quite mm -hmm. a few more comments, which is awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, from my perspective, I know that you could definitely um, expand on your stories a lot, you know, yeah. as far as like the time that you're, like there's a lot of extra things that you could do to tell the story of what you're you're filming right now. But I think if you do that, then you're you're doing that at the expense of how much time you're actually putting into building the trails. And I think my perspective is that right now it's more important for you to like build the property out than it is to make the the videos better. Is that accurate? Yeah, correct. That's a hundred percent accurate because there are a few times I kind of go out there with the thought process of going oh yeah, I'm going to tell this great story and I'm going to do this and do that. Then I get so focused on building the trail. It's like, screw all that other shit. <laughs> We're building the trail. And, uh, you know, I try to capture the story and just uh, enough to at least people could follow along like, oh, wow, there's another trail I'd ever stood before. Yeah. I think if, if just there's like some small things that you could do to like add different shots or different B-roll into things and um, it, it could like, change the story a bit you know like um you know maybe having a couple of cameras set up and um you know maybe having a gopro on the actually like attached to the the shovel when you're digging or or you know one that's on your head that you can like see your hands as you're like doing this and kind of different shots like that to kind of mix it up and then maybe tell some kind of of story instead of just watching but um that's all like things that take a lot more time to do so um either a lot more time to do while you're while you're working and also a lot more time to do while you're editing so i can understand the trade-off for like what you're doing right now i mean there's been plenty of times when i've like let's just say i got something new for the bike and i'm like oh okay well i really want to film putting this on right and it's like normally that thing would take me 15 minutes to put on my bike but if i'm filming it now it's like took two hours yeah. you know so it's like the same idea then you know is like also then with the edit it's like it's a lot of time you know where like yeah true. and it's like know, so, the trade-off like you know okay spend two hours on this thing here but you know that's like is that really gonna you know it's and for me it's like I, i've never been a really good person at putting together a story so it's like i'm trying to learn a way to like do it efficiently without cutting into too much trail building um so i don't know it's like it, it'll be interesting to see like if i can i don't know what the percentage is but i'll just throw in a number say a 10 percent improvement on that storytelling or fine-tuning that channel to really keep but I, I mean, when you look at the, the viewership, I, you know, I don't know what, like, say, Burn Peak gets, you know, said, but, you know, to me, a 60% is pretty good because it takes one person to jump on your video and go, oh, this is not what I'm looking for and jump off. And your viewers, your, your, your retention percentage drops, you know, significantly. So you're like... Yeah. Um, so it's really hard to find like, what is a great number? I mean, yeah, I don't really try to focus on that stuff at all to tell you the well, truth because geez. in my mind, like, um, Oops, my back is just... <laughs> dude, it's but... the internet man. And like, and the way that people consume this stuff, at least what I try to do is I try to think about how I consume the stuff and 
there could be a video that I really, really thoroughly enjoy, but mm -hmm. I'm watching it for this like three minutes before I have to do X. And then I come back and I watch it for like another two minutes whenever I'm doing this other thing. And then I come back the next day and then I forget about it for two days. And then I come back and then I watch the last three minutes at the end. You, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, I'm, I'm, and, the, I'm the same way. I'm totally the same way. And I think 99.9% .9 of the population is the same way. And that's what I'm saying though. If you're able, like, like, I don't know what, to me, a, a high retention is, it's interesting enough where people are watching at least half yeah. of your video, which to me is kind of, it's definitely, a great sign to see that versus the 30%. I mean, yeah. the 30% was a high end for my older videos. Yeah. So to see it go from that to this is, yeah, is nice. Yeah. And it's yeah, going mean, to I guess what I'm getting at is like, I don't, I, I try not to, to look at analytics that much. And um, because I, every time I've done it in throughout like the, the course of, of having my channel, it usually depresses me more than it motivates me. <laughs> Yeah. And, and so I feel like it's better to like just ignore it and actually like just be happy in ignorance than than like like pay too much attention to it. Cause like at the end of the day, dude, you're like, is it really gonna change what you're doing? Like looking at well, that. I know, that's exactly. And it's also what is YouTube? You know, YouTube is a platform for everybody to be the, you know, bring their own style of editing or their own videos to the YouTube world, um, you know, because if I was, I don't know if, if everybody was doing the same thing, then YouTube would get boring. But it's like the fact that some people are really funny. Some people are very informative or some can combine it or some can do this and action. There's just all these different things. Um, I mean, YouTube is like, I freaking love YouTube because I, I go down the YouTube rabbit holes on so many different things. And it went, you know, one month it's, I'm watching people's reactions to uh, music videos and the next month I'm watching cat videos and the next yeah. month. Yeah. I'm out. all over the place too. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's very interesting just because you might lose some viewership from some people, you know, some, I, 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 because there was like a, you know, POV's dead type of thing, but I, I don't, I don't believe that. I think it's POV's like, you can only stomach so much in a month. But I yeah. still love watching a couple, you know, like I just watched Sampler's uh, video recently and I was, just, I was just like into it, you know. And then all of a sudden, Brian will post something about, I don't know, some unique trail and, um, yeah, or anybody. And it's like, oh, that was sick. Yeah. I uh, think for me, as far as the POV stuff goes, it just depends on the creator. Like if it's somebody that I like to watch, like I don't really care. You know what I mean? Like it's, I just like their storytelling style or maybe I want to see that trail system or something like that. That's I think that it's the yeah. trail system. It's like, how unique is this trail? Did it have a lot of character? Yeah. Uh, is, but you know, again, I could, I'm good for maybe five videos. Yeah that point of view a month or something and and i and i might not watch the whole thing but um so i feel like yeah i'm sorry go ahead i was cutting you but, off but also the other thing we got to remember is uh there's new viewers getting into the mountain biking industry all the time so pov footage might be brand new to them and they might get hooked for 
several months on a like, oh my God, I gotta watch all this cool stuff. And then, you know, so there's yeah. it's going back to like trying to bring more new blood into the sport and growing the sport. Yeah. I honestly like I don't think that there's uh enough high quality content creators in the mountain bike space. Like I don't think it's saturated, like oversaturated yet. I think there's a lot of people making making content a lot more than there was before, but not necessarily like a lot of people making like um like like top notch, you know, like like super intriguing, like like a BCPOB V or a Lone Ranger or like, you know, like and then, you know, I think you have a lot of people that are, are earlier in their like skill set, you know, like. I'd say I'm like in the middle, you know what I mean? Like, and, um, um, and I still have, you know, a ton of way to go as well. But I think what I'm getting at is like, I get on as a, somebody that wants to consume mountain bike content and I can't always find like more to watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where like, I could get on and be like, I want to see Nirvana content and I can watch Nirvana content from the time I wake up until the time I go to sleep. And it's going to be like somebody else's story of, you know how Dave Grohl feels about this, or how Chris Nolsdeck feels about that, and like why this song was written that way. You know, whereas mountain biking is like, I can get on and and I'm gonna watch you know a handful of things, and then I'm gonna run out. You know, until like next week when all those guys bring out more stuff. You know, yeah. so um, I think that there's definitely room for for a lot more people to be doing things, and and I think that. Um, like it's exciting. It's exciting to be part of it, you know, regardless yeah. of, of where I am in the scope, you know, like I think for a long time, that was something that, um, that I just had to kind of like maybe accept or something. It's like, Oh, this is where I am. I'm not, I'm not going to be like the Bill Gates, but I'm okay with being like a business owner that pays the bills. You, you know what I mean? Like that's fine. You know? Yeah. And I, and actually that's really kind of me too. I don't want to be real. I don't know super super huge on youtube i think i don't i just want to have that level of where everything's sustainable between everstoke and my channel and you know making this happen um is it just i don't i don't know if i'd want to be like a million subscriber big or something maybe i guess i i just have that fear even with brian sometimes there's been times like we'd like go out somewhere and, and any trails like we we did some riding in the uh da, 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 where the hell was that moab and um and we got stopped several times which you know it's cool that it's like hey brian you want to you know can we ride with you and it's like you know we already had all our plans and everything in place so brian had to kind of tell him oh dude sorry like we got some things we got to do and i can tell like brian doesn't want to be the guy to say you know turn yeah, yeah nobody does but yeah i get what you're saying but it, it was just kind of like and Brian gets recognized a lot <laughs> out on the trail system. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I want to be right there or not, but it is cool that he's able to, you know, do this for a living, which yeah. is, so I, I, I don't know. So I want to find that perfect level and that's cool. <laughs> no more. No yeah. Less. yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like, I just like being part of the community. Really? Yeah. Like, you know, like at the end of the day, I, I've come to the realization that it's really unlikely that I'm ever going to quit my job because, um, 
I mean, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, this 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 thing on YouTube last year made one hundred and twenty five dollars. So yeah. it, it's yeah. not like I'm doing it for the money. <laughs> I, but, I think it's the YouTube thing is like crazy. It's just like the money from the YouTube is just horrible. It's like uh, I think it's more rely on some sponsorships or something, and that's or like Patreon it. or memberships or something yeah. like that. You know, those are honestly like. If it wasn't for Patreon, whenever I first started it, you know, a long time ago, and now the memberships is doing, you know, coming along as well. It's like, if it wasn't for that, I, I probably would have stopped doing YouTube, you know, at least in the, um, at least stop doing it in the, um, with the level, level of repetition that I am right now. You know what I mean? It would yeah. be like, I would, I don't think I'd ever stop making videos, but it'd be like, if I made two videos a year, I wouldn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be like, oh, cool. That was fun, you know? And um, But going back to that community thing you're saying, that's like how we met and that's how I met Brian and that's how I met, yeah. you know, RC from Outdoor Gold and uh, yeah. Kyle, Profession Kyle and uh, Joe. I just like, most of my friends I met because of YouTube. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I'm pretty much everybody I hang out with is from YouTube or mountain biking, which is, essentially from youtube as well so it's like uh most of my high school friends they they don't we don't you know we're friends because we were in high school together and it's like yeah. they share a lot of the same interests many of them want to sit down watch football all day or you know they're, they're perfectly content which is you know free country do what you want but i i gotta get out i want to do stuff outdoors and yeah. uh the mountain biking community just brought me to more like-minded people that we just have a good time yeah, no, I totally enjoy it. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I never thought that I would be into trail building as much as I am. Like, if you were to tell me like 10 years ago, me like, hey, this is what you're going to be like, super stoked about doing every year as soon as it starts raining, I would have been like, you're high. <laughs> you know? like, My just, addiction uh, level to building is so high. I mean, it's like you almost do by the end of the day when I'm walk, hobbling my butt back to my camper and, and I am just whooped. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, I put it, that one trail, I put in like two consecutive 14 hour days. Uh, I think it was like in April to get that yeah. one trail done. Just, I just couldn't stop. Like, yeah, you just get really focused on um, like this one more task, this mm -hmm. little bit further. And it, yeah, and, you do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like, like I just got to cut one more branch. And Eighty branches later, and twenty rocks yeah. move. Yeah, Johnny and I were joking around the other day. We were working on a trail, and it was like, okay, we're done. Let's it. Let's go back to the truck. And it's like, oh yeah, I forgot. It's going to take us two hours to get back to the truck because every five steps that we take, we're like, oh, I'm just going to do this real quick. And then you get another 10, 15 feet. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to move this rock. Oh, another 10 foot. Oh, I'm going to cut this one more tree right here. You know, and you're like, oh my God, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's so addicting. I don't know. I, I love building trails as much as riding. And I, I almost think I kind of build, love building trails more than riding now, which is weird. I honestly like would if I could make a viable business out of building trails, um, I would consider it. You know, I like it that much as well. I I really didn't. I I just it, it really surprises me how much I enjoy it, and I think it's because like 
a like i don't know i like just like you, you feel like you did something when you're done you know yeah it, i i do it so everything i do is like like um make believe you know what yeah. i mean like you don't really get to see anything you know yeah there's no like physical structure in their work or yeah yeah it's like you you, you yeah. don't build a, a building and walk away like with the trail and like the thing that's fun about the trail is like even after you're done building it and then you get to like see people post pictures on it or like read their comments on strava they're like that was sick or they're like you know and and it's yeah. just like this this like it just keeps giving back to you you know and and uh that's that's really cool that's really fun part about it so and the other i think there's also a very fun uh exploration factor of like walking that line and looking for unique things to ride over like i get so everstokes lacking rocks and so when i find a boulder i'm like the trail is going over that boulder somewhere yeah. or not. i don't care i mean we have to have rocks so uh i get so excited it's like oh there's a boulder there's a boulder i'm like a little kid and dan will look at me like well are we i'm like no no <laughs> we're rerouting to that boulder dude <laughs> I think you guys could do a lot more with wood up there. I think you, you haven't really got into that, you know, aspect of it. But looking at, for example, like the way that single track, sing, is it single track mind? Yeah, a single track mind. Yeah, Dylan, right? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. I had him on the podcast like a year or two ago. Anyways, awesome. like, like looking at how he's building, you know, and like using the wood to build dirt features, you know, like I think you could do stuff like that and um build character in ways that like oh i didn't really think about doing it like that you yeah. know like oh, like on the downhill section maybe like when you're going down that super steep section like instead of it being like a a wooden switchback it's like a wooden feet like like structure so that you can make the switchback going down instead you know and it's like yeah. oh wow that would be like super fun and steep and like just be able to like rip right through there and i think there's a lot of opp opportunity for those things but sure I, but at right now i mean right i i think what you're doing it makes sense to me why you're doing it. it's like hey let me get the let me get the skeleton in and then like we can start working on it from there yeah so. because just watching him oh man i have so much to learn from other builders which is so I, I know a lot, but like there's, I'm barely scratching the surface. I just looked at a couple of his, I mean, it's, I just barely showed a, a video clip of some of the stuff he's doing at one of the beginning of my videos. And the way he does stuff, it's like, dude, your, your wood building skills are freaking awesome. <laughs> so yeah. I got so much to learn and, uh, you know, but he, he likes, like, he's looked at my stuff and he's like, this is great, you know? So, but I could tell right away he's, his ability to make like a like an x frame out of a couple logs with and then put the wooden uh planks over it it's mm -hmm. like this is this is phenomenal and he i think he has a construction background i believe he mentioned yeah. that to me but he's doing that with a chainsaw and <laughs> it's freaking awesome man i'm like yeah this is i'm gonna learn so much cool stuff and that's another yeah. reason i gotta get more other you know like like cut laps that guy's a stud man i love his channel anyway, yeah we need to fly him out from australia see yeah. like how, how much does it cost to get him here for like a week or two <laughs> i don't know he, he needs to come out because he's built some really cool stuff in his backyard builds and yeah and our trail builds another guy oh my god i'd love to have him out just like let's build something together you know yeah. just i just 
I want knowledge and I want to figure out like great ways to build stuff and yeah. utilize the surrounding stuff to just make it happen. That would be yeah. Let's ass. start. Let's start a GoFundMe to get cut laps to America. Yeah. <laughs> Right on, man. Well, dude, it's been two hours, dude. Freaking Sweet. Time, time flies, man. Always it a does. good time. <laughs> Definitely uh, had a great time chatting. I really appreciate you sitting down and having having the conversation with me and and all the uh, the other biker barers. <laughs> <laughs> all the all the I, I don't all all the people. I don't I don't have a good name for them. I know everything that comes to mind is just going to sound mean. So. <laughs> The barriers, so, yeah, right. I'm so, like, all, all, I'm like all the all the bitches. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, no, really, everybody that listens, dude, I really, I'm, I'm sure that they enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. So, I, well, I really appreciate it, man. So, anybody that hasn't been to Aaron's channel, go check it out. MT Being Adventures. It's also in the show more and everstoke.bike. That's the uh, website for the for the property up there. Go over there and check it out. And yeah. um, so, you know, he's had an enduro race there last year and he's doing another one this year in September. It's going to be, it's going to be good. So I'm pretty sure. What's yeah. that? And that's through California Bear Adventures. So, yes. uh, so. Yeah. So I've been talk talking with him low key. Maybe biker camp is going to revamp this year with that. So we'll see what happens. Keep, keep. Tune, keep keep tuned in those of you guys out there that um that that are watching on youtube give me a follow maybe hit, shoot over to aaron's channel give him a, a subscribe thumbs up those kind of things too it's always fun to see those numbers grow it keeps us motivated so if you just want something else check this out i was on fazari's website today and they have an outlet section where you can find some like pretty screaming deals. There's like, maybe it was like, they they have a, a 30 day, like try it, 28 days, something like that. Like you can buy a bike from them. They'll ship it to you. If you don't like it, you just send it back. So sometimes that happens and um, you can go to the outlet and pick those bikes up. I saw one that's like $7,000 bike for like 3,500 bucks. Go check it out, fazari.com. Other than that, <clears throat> Tasco is a, a, a channel sponsor this year so if you're thinking you need some new gloves head over to tasco use code biker b1ker save some money and if not remember this it only takes a bike to be a biker get out and be one. <laughs>